When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, Stars fans, it's Jeff Kay, public address announcer for your Dallas Stars, and you're listening to Starcastic Remarks, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Go Stars! <laughs> Try that again, Chris. <laughs> I'm doing it by internet. Yeah, I think it was your internet that time. You're so, you're so blurry. Starting now. Hello and welcome back to Starcastic Remarks and welcome to the 2023-24 NHL season. Season starting this week, boys, on Thursday, we decided to hit y'all with an extra Starcastic Remarks and something a little bit different than what we're used to doing. Um, we're going we're gonna to try me doing the center guy thing. Weird. Ryan's probably very concerned right now saying that he hasn't really said a word yet. Um, and we're gonna try to stay a little bit more on topic. That's why I, that's why I'm trying to lead the way here a little bit. Um, so, hello, James. Hello, Ryan. How are y'all? I'm a little upset right now because the Cowboys are really sucking it up. Uh, the defense looks good, but the offense looks terrible. James, how are you? Uh, I'm good because I don't care about football, fortunately, which is weird for a Texan. But yeah, perfect. Right. Let's get right into the season preview. So first, we're going to talk a little bit about what we did last season. So last year, Stars ended the season second in the Central Division, losing by one point to the Colorado Avalanche. They finished eighth overall in the league in a league that was dominated by the Eastern Conference. They lost in the conference final to the Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights in Game 6. Heartbreaking series. Um, So before we get even into this season, what are – kind of y'all's takeaways on last season's performance and what that team did and how it met your expectations. Off to a great start, Chris. Great job. Thank you. <laughs> uh, the I think last season was the coming out party for the Dallas Stars. I, I think you could put that as like the, the cherry on top for the Stars because we talked about it and how great the Stars were going to be. We knew they were going to be a pretty decent team. Uh, we didn't know about White Johnson, how good he was going to be. But... We knew the team was going to be good and, you know, none of the league paid attention to the Dallas stars at all. And now this year they're getting all the attention right now, including some big time writers like Dan Rosen, who's picking the Dallas stars to win the Stanley cup. So I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for me from last season. They, it was their coming out party. Well, the big takeaway for me was like these players aren't good because they played defensively. I mean, that, that was the whole whole thing with Dallas like oh they're such a great defensive team but they're gonna bore you to death and then we we get a new coach who's offensively minded and suddenly we're one of the best scoring teams in the league and we still have our defense like it, mm-hmm. it just it proved how good our players were even though we knew how good they were and they they excelled even more even the best players Robertson had 20 more points than he did the previous season which mm-hmm. is insane because we were already singing his praises Exactly. Yeah. Coaching was one of the big question marks from last year. And, and that really last year was a season that started full of question marks is what I was thinking. Um, the coaching was obviously the biggest one, in my opinion. But then you also had like, does Jason Robertson do that again? And that was his first breakout season the year before. Can he keep doing that? We, we saw Miro Haskin. Can he take a step forward? He is not going to have John Klingberg the entire time. Is he going to be able to be the number one guy and play like half the game like he was called to last season and all those question marks almost every single one of them were answered in the affirmative and that's what led to what ryan said is the coming out party of the dallas stars nobody expected them to be great and they were fantastic 
because everything went their way is what it felt like, including injuries, which I think we'll get into a little bit later on in the episode. Um, so that was last season. Let's see what people are expecting this season of the Dallas Stars. So these odds coming from uh, our own sponsors, DraftKings. So the odds to win the division, we are tied with Colorado at plus 155. By the way, those are the highest odds of any team to win their own division and Colorado and Dallas have them. So that shows the separation of those two teams over every other division that those it's those two teams and everybody else in the central. That's pretty much it. Stars also have the fourth highest odds to win the conference at plus 700 and the eighth highest odds to win the Stanley cup. And like Ryan mentioned earlier, lots of staff writers from NHL.com that did their little preseason poll four out of 14 of them took the Dallas stars winning the Stanley cup. Um, lots of others were Carolina was probably the number one prevailing one, which, which we like to call the Eastern conference style stars. Um, we had a lot of Maple Leafs and a lot of Rangers as well. So those are, that's kind of what the media I'll say that the central media, even the bad media was thinking about the season going forward. Um, but we're going to save our own predictions until a little bit later, but that definitely shows that people are looking at the stars as a cup contender. Do y'all think that that's, uh, fair for the media to look at them in that light? And how, how do you think the Stars are going to handle that kind of pressure? That is going to be really interesting because the one thing they haven't had to deal with all that much is pressure. Like last year, they didn't really have much pressure because nobody was paying attention, like I mentioned. But the you, you kind of... I forget who it was. I think it was on the podcast. I mentioned this uh, last week. The, the uh, Podman Rush podcast, they kind of talked about how the feeling around the team this year is very different than it was last year. Like they expect that of themselves and that there's that expectation of, okay, we're the big dogs and everybody else is below us. And this is our year. This is our time to go out and get it. And that's from that the way Jim Nill has talked in interviews this, uh, this off season. It's the way that the players are feeling about it. The coaches are kind of talking about it in that sort of same limelight. So Absolutely, uh, the national media should consider the Stars as a Stanley Cup contender. Yeah, it's, it's not ahead, just Dan, that they, they should. It, it's totally deserved, too. I mean, the, the team, What I mean, they had a miracle with Otter pulling them to seven games in the previous season, previous playoffs. And then the, everyone's just like, oh, they just, they just had a good goaltender that time, you know, whatever. And then they come out the next year and they absolutely blow every everyone out of the water and like multiple different stats. Really, really it was like team stats that really did it. That was the crazy thing for me. It's like our, our penalty kill was instantly better, better than it was with bonus. Even it, our power play was a bajillion times. Our think, defense was better. Yeah. I, I think we were, we were, we were lower. We were like twenties or mid teens in power play with bonus. And we're, now what like fifth seventh we're all the way up top 10 top 10 and every single team stat yep yep and well, we'll get into that a little bit later too but i definitely i'm on your point ryan i think the vibes of this team is kind of what's changed the most for these guys last year you get the new coach and you're kind of it's kind of a feeling out process how is this really going to go there's not really any expectations because so much is going to change this year we know what we got and we know how they're going to play and now they just have to go and do it so it's definitely goes from a feeling out process to a, there's an expectation of fantastic things from these guys. And that probably benefits Jake Ottinger the most. I mean, he loves being in the spotlight. I mean, he, he does it all the time. He shows up for games that are always big. And now it's going to feel like every single game's big because every single team is going to look at the stars and they're going to be gunning for him this year. Well, the other thing with this team too, though, is I would argue we're the only team that really gave uh, Vegas a run for their money. I mean, we were the closest. We were absolutely the closest. And, I mean, I talked about it last week as well. Game one, game two. They were both won by Vegas, but again, it could have very easily gone in favor of the Dallas Stars. I mean, three overtime games in that series. So, I mean, that's. I think that's why a lot of people kind of paid attention is because you look at that measuring stick against the current defending Stanley Cup champions, and Dallas was one of the best teams against the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, and they lost them in six after playing probably a, a pretty bad series for them. That was they probably did not the worst play. Series. They threw series. two games. <laughs> they threw two games. Especially so game they, three. They threw them away. Yeah, totally agree. So moving on, we're going to get into some of the changes this year. We're going to start with the additions to this team from last year. We're adding Matt Duchesne 
great free agent signing. Lots of people loving, kind of replacing the Max Domi, adding Sam's, Sam Steele and Craig Smith, kind of replacing some guys on the back end, namely uh, Luke Glendening. Uh, for losses, like I said, we lose Domi Glendening. We also lose Colin Miller, who actually averaged 16 minutes time on ice per game. So a lot of time to, to make up right there. And also Yoel Kiviranta, who was in and out of the lineup pretty regularly for the Stars last season too. Um, so first of all, let's just get straight to Matt Duchesne first. That's the big shiny toy. How do you all think he's going to fit into this team? What do you think his role is going to be? Well, obviously, first off, he's going to be on the third line or the pseudo 2B line, line, whatever you yeah. want to call it. I'm calling yeah. the Sagan line. <laughs> yeah, but the the thing is, is that he's what's really nice for him is he doesn't have to be the guy. In Nashville, he was one of the guys and was expected to produce. He doesn't have to score 40 goals like he did two years ago. I mean, even if he scores 20, that, that would be fine. And he, he's at a, a very low cap hit because he came to a very good Dallas Stars team, and he's not playing super high up the lineup. He might not even be in the top six. That's how crazy uh, deep this team is. But uh, for me, I, I think the biggest part of him is how is he going to be able to transfer to the wing or is maybe Sagan going to be more on the wing and he's going to be more in the center? I don't know. But the the thing is, is how is he going to be able to transition between those two things? That's one of my big things about. Yeah, him. you also I, kind of talked about the reduced role that he's going to have. That brings up another question: Is he going to be able to embrace that the same way kind of Jamie Ben did this year, whose minutes were reduced and everyone was talking about it all the time, and he actually got way better, more productive, more energy when he was on the ice, more goals. Obviously, he, he, maybe do something like that. He he had more points than both Pavelski and Rope Hints in the regular season. I I, I know it's not very, by much, but still, that's. The, considering you you were like a third line center or a second line center, however you look at Jamie Ben, that's fantastic. And like you said, reduced minutes, and he he was amazing. And I, for Duchesne, I really think it's more who he fits with. Honestly, I mean, we're looking at the Sagan Marchment line right now, but he might not end up there in the end. I mean, it, 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 I think figuring out who he plays best with is going to be one of the key things for him. Yeah. Quick thoughts on Sam Steele, Craig Smith. What do y'all think of those kind of depth acquisitions? Is it going to be able to replace a lossing Luke Glendinning, who great faceoff guy, great penalty killing. He was in the lineup pretty much every game for the Stars. So what do y'all think about the depth changes? I really like the signing of Craig Smith and, and Sam Steele both, to be honest with you. Very underrated. Uh, Craig Smith is, some, is somebody who can score like 10 to 15 goals. Uh, for you if he if he plays with the right people. Even on the fourth line, I think he can score that much. But uh, the other thing that he gives the Stars is that offense that Luke Glendening absolutely did not give us. You saw flashes of offense from Luke Glendening in some games, and you'd randomly be like, whoa, that was that was Glendening? I think we're going to see more of that from Craig Smith. So that's just more depth scoring for the Stars. Uh, as for Sam Steele, uh, Sam Steele is only 25. And that's that's what a lot of people don't understand. He's younger than uh, Denis Garyanov, I think, yep. if I remember correctly. So th this could be a guy that, you know, if the stars have a bunch of injuries, if they lose some depth, this may be a guy that can jump up into the middle six and be able to kind of be the band-aid until those guys get healthy again. So again, it's just, I mean, and I talked about it several weeks ago. Sam still was playing on the top Minnesota last year <laughs> at points in, in the year. So I, I think both of those are very underrated signings. Any thoughts on those, James, other than what Ryan said? No, pretty much agree with that. I, I think he's probably a little high on them just because they're new players, but <laughs> I, I, I mostly agree. Yeah, I'm a little worried about some of the loss on the faceoff dot, especially on the penalty kill. Mm. Um, but that's I don't. We, that's not the most we, vital we, role, I don't think. Yeah, we also pick up Matt Duchesne, which is another center who, another center if need be, players. I mean... If if all else fails, we can put him down on the fourth line. Just it, if we need a center there, exactly. Matt Duchesne yeah. on the fourth line. <laughs> <laughs> and then last little mention here, we do get Evgeny Dodonov, who was on the team for the playoffs in the end of the season, but we're gonna have have him for a full year and see what he can do with uh, Ben and Johnston. And he could put up some career numbers for him with those guys, with the way yeah. that line looked the entirety of last season once they got together. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, if he can, yeah. if they can keep that chemistry, it. That could be honestly, or that's the second line if they keep the chemistry. Without a doubt, that's mm -hmm. the second line. Yeah, fully agree. 
Let's get on to forwards here in a little bit. Uh, I'm just going to run you all through the four lines that we're projecting for the Dallas Stars. Um, first of all, the top line remaining the same, old reliable, Jason Robertson, Rope Hintz, Joe Pavelski, one of the top best lines in the league. We would argue the best um, just with their consistent point production, consistent defensive play, Rope Hintz being one of the best two-way centers in the league. He's really going to be in the conversation for it's the Selkie, right? Yes, best defensive forward. He's absolutely fantastic both ends of the ice, and his faceoff gets better every single year. It feels like he gains two percent every single year. Um, we can continue to see that going up. Jamie Ben Wyatt Johnson, Evgeny Dodonov, like we said, their chemistry is insane. As soon as Dodonov got on that line, their point production grew even to another level, even beyond what Ben and Johnson were doing on their own. Um, this is kind of the question mark line for us. I feel like is this Sagan line. We got Mason Marchment, Tyler Sagan, Matt Duchesne. If this line meshes, which it looks great on paper, on paper that's the line you want to put there. But we got to see if they can put it all together. We've got question marks on Sagan, question marks on Marchment. Honestly, question marks on Duchesne because he's not been in that position before too. And then the fourth line, we got Roddick Fox, a old reliable defenseman who's playing forward apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Tidal Andrea on the wing. He's got a little bit of speed, a little bit of. I say zazziness. And then we got Craig Smith, maybe, or Sam Steele. One or either one of those guys really is going to be the odd man out, night in, night out. Could even switch up with a guy young like Sam Steele. You probably want to get him in a couple of games. Um, so, lines, guys, what do y'all think of those lineups? Do y'all agree with those? Y'all see those changing at all for the opening night? Any thoughts? I I really feel like that that – that Sagan line can, can that's really like the moving piece. I mean, you can move, that's going to be plug and play whoever, you know, because the, the top line we're, we're going to keep that it's worked for three years now. It's probably going to keep working. Uh, The second line it with, with uh, Ben is kind of the question mark still. Cause I mean, it, it is end of season. You're pushing towards playoffs. You have the veterans who know what it means going into playoffs. They're working a little harder most of the time which isn't a bad thing, I don't think, because it shows that they know how to pace themselves. But if they can keep that up, then that's going to be fine. But it, it, like you said, everyone in that Sagan line is just a bunch of question marks. I mean, who's going to fit where? Who's going to play with who? Honestly, and with having Delandria and, I mean, Sam Steele too, you can you can swap those players into that third line as well. How, however it works. I mean, that, I really feel like that's going to be moving around a lot if it doesn't click at the start. So one of the things I can actually see is uh, Daddy and Duchesne kind of being interchangeable. Um, if if Dadonov, for some reason, doesn't have the same chemistry that he had last year, you can throw Duchesne up into the top six and see how he does uh, with uh, Johnston and uh, Ben. Um, I mean, you could put Duchesne in the middle and move Tyler Sagan up to Jamie Ben because that worked for a period of time uh, with the that old duo of Sagan and Ben with uh, Baby Wyatt there. Um, there's just so many different combinations that Jim Nill gave Pete DeBoer that he can he can deal with and just figure out something that works. And you know what? If if you know they're chugging along and they're doing okay, but you know Pete DeBoer is kind of hacked off with he didn't feel like he's getting in the they're all you got two guys down in Cedar Park who are who probably should have made the roster but couldn't because of how many forwards they have who are NHL forwards with uh, Maverick Bork and uh, Stan Coven. So uh, that's just kind of how I feel about that. And I mean, it, maybe even Sam still can get up into the top the top six and just be be one of the guys. I don't know. There, there are just so many options for the Stars. Yep, that's definitely true. the The depth that they have at forward is incredible, and we'll get into that a little bit more. So. Some more on the Stars' offense. Last season, they finished seventh in goals for fifth in power play percentage, like you were saying, James. They were absolutely fantastic. Um, they increased a ton from the year previous when Bones was there. Um, and incredible depth, especially at center, is the note that I have on here. They have two centers on every line, pretty much. And that's the reason their face-off percentage is always so high. They have one guy who is always on their strong side on either face-off dot, which is fantastic and creates – some mismatches in the faceoff dot and you can see those night and night out when we're winning 70% to 30. It's insane. A um, couple of other just notes here. These are kind of what we know about the stars. The top line is going to be good. I mean, it's been good for three years now. It's not going to stop being good more, more than likely unless Joe Pavelski just falls over. Um, 
power play is going to score. That top line with Jamie Benn and Miro Haskin quarterbacking it has been unstoppable. It was consistent all year last year. It never really slowed down. It was consistently good the entire year around. And like Ryan mentioned, the depth in the AHL, Stankovin and Bork make almost any other roster in the NHL. The amount of forward depth on this team is absolutely insane. And if you get an injury with a top six, you can plug in Sam Steele there. You can go get Stankovin, put him in there. You can get Bork and put him in there. And they'll all be very good. And honestly, I'm excited to see that happen. <laughs> Which is probably more likely than not, if you believe in uh, odds. What would you say? <laughs> odds. Yeah, last year, almost no injuries for the Stars. Very few injuries. It, you feel like we're due for some injuries, even though that's not really mathematically true. But it feels like the Stars are due for some. So any, any thoughts on those stats, on those knowns that we have for the Stars? Any disagreements there? The one thing I would like the Stars to be better at is just for the power play to be more consistent. I felt they were very Marchman H, Marchman esque, whatever they, they were. It, 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 they and I know you're going to go through ups and downs in a season, like every team does. But there is a there's a point in time when the stars were clicking at an unreasonable pace, and then there were, and and that was fine. I knew it was going to fall off, but I just don't want to see it fall off as much as it did. I felt like we at one point we were like third in the NHL, and then we even dropped out of the top ten at one point, and it got better after that, but. I would just like it to be more consistent. It's not bad. It's just I'd like to see it more be more consistent. And, and I, I get that some too, but also just with how the season kind of flowed too. I mean, the the power play flowed with how the season went as a whole. I mean, we had that little that the drought in like after New Year's mm-hmm. where we couldn't score anything. It felt mm-hmm. like, That's and true. then as, as soon as the power play scored like three goals in a night, we were perfectly fine again. I mean, mm-hmm. that. That's it's going to be what's going to pull us out of slumps like that. Yeah, and I think consistency could be true for this whole team because even though we had a fantastic year last year, it was definitely streaky. I mean, you would go on streaks of five amazing games in a row, dominated every team, and then lose three to some pretty crappy teams. They, they don't, they don't, they it don't play the same way every last, night. Every time year, you turn on the TV, you got to see which team you're watching. Yeah, last year was so weird because i mean we we never went on a lost streak and our largest win streak was six games <laughs> like it, it was the strangest year ever if you're talking about like like streaks because like if you're like oh they weren't consistent like get, game there the way they were playing maybe yes but like in terms of their wins and losses they probably were the most consistent team in the league it just the way they were playing did not feel that way for sure. All right. Now let's get into some of the some of the negatives we have for the offense. I'll call them I'll call them questions. Is can can the top line keep up that production that they've had the past few years? Obviously, it's been staying consistent, but every year we always think during the offseason, is this the year Joe Pavelski finally stops playing like he's 25? <laughs> so can, can Pavelski keep that up is really what this question is. Yeah. I mean, we have no reason to doubt it. He's been doing it for three years. So I don't think he's going to slow down until he does. He's not, I don't see it. The thing that convinces me that he's going to continue is just because of the speed of rope hence. I mean, that, that makes it to where he doesn't have to be fast. He can play positionally and he's always in the right spot. And that's why he's always, when when he's in front of the net, that's why he scores because if he's, if he's there, then that means they have a ton of pressure and there, there's the puck's not going back the other way more than likely is what's happening. And I think the speed of Rope is way underappreciated on what that top line does. Cause you think Jason Robertson's not really the fastest guy either. His major downfall when he was a prospect was his skating. Pavelski, obviously older guy. He doesn't have the legs anymore. The, the speed that Rope has makes the defense have to back off and it gives more room to Robertson and Joe Pavelski to do their work and to get in the right spots. Like you're saying, James, so it really is one guy who's quick and two guys who know where to go. And that's what that line really boils down to. So I fully agree with that. And I agree with you too, Ryan. I, we can't count out Pavelski until he actually just stops doing it because he's not showing signs of slowing down. So well, and the other thing saying it's going to happen. And, and you know, let, let's assume the worst. Let's assume that he, he can't do what he's been doing the last three years. Okay. You could throw anybody <laughs> in there, right? And they would they would be perfect. You could throw Luke Glendinning on that line, and he would be like he get fifty points. Yeah, <laughs> okay, very true. Like, like if we still had him, it would be fine. So 
it it really he's he's just the perfect compliment to to Robo and uh, Robey. Yep. We talked a little bit about how the Sagan line is question marks. What do y'all think that what what do you think will happen there? You think Marchman takes a step forward? You think Sagan finally has guys to play with? Thoughts? I think Sagan needs to take a step forward more than anything. We we should not be expecting it out of Matt Duchesne because he's on a new team. He's kind of in an unexpected situation. He expected to stay in Nashville for a good long while. I I, I think he really needs to step it up. Not and I'm not saying he has to be set like 80, 90 points, but we need to see a little bit more of him than we saw last year. I think he needs to get up to 60 points and he really needs to lead that line. And if he can do that, that's a huge difference to this team. I mean, imagine trotting out a third line like that that can score against another any other team's third line. Any other team's third line. I I mean, seriously, if he can, he's the big question mark for me on that line. I'm, I'm going to kind of disagree. I think it's going to be Mason Marchman. I mean, he, he had a lot worse season than pretty much anybody was expecting last year. He started hot. I mean, he scored the first goal of the start season last year, and it was a beauty. And then immediately cooled down. Um, but you got to remember, it's, it's a guy who we kind of took a chance on, had a one good season, and he's, he's a big guy, good presence, but he's Lost not really his dad. And that's, his dad. that's what I was getting that's to. Huge. He, he had probably the toughest year of his life at like as a person. I mean, moving to a new city, playing for a new team, full new people around you, lost your father in the off season. I mean, he had a lot of stuff going on other than just hockey in his brain. So I feel like this year he's comfortable with this team, comfortable around these guys. They had a deep playoff run. Like he was a big part of too. That he was a he big was. part of made a big step forward in the playoffs. I think he, he's the one who's going to be making a step forward. I think Sagan can do as much as he can. I mean, this is a guy who couldn't walk two years ago because <laughs> of a surgery that had to get on his hips. So I, I think he can do as much as he can, but Marchman's the guy who has potential to grow more than Sagan does. Sagan's done his thing and he's on the down end, but we're getting as much hockey out of him as we can. Marchman's the guy that has a higher ceiling right now, I think. And I think he has room to take a step forward, especially with Sagan and Duchesne on his line, two veterans who know what to do. Yeah, and he can't have a 31-game goalless drought again. No. Like, we really need him. Now, it, it's nice that we have other options now even more with Craig Smith, with Sam Steele. I mean, even Fox that can sort of kind of every once in a while score a goal. But uh, you're right. He really does need to step up on that third line, and that's really the biggest question mark with the forwards. Yeah, and, I, and I'm, th- I'm saying it will. I think he fully will. He's a great hockey player. He has all the tools, and I, I think – it was in between the years is what it was last year. And I think he's got that figured and, out. And the other thing was like during his, his gold drought, it, it wasn't like he wasn't getting his chances. He, he was getting so many chances. It was insane that he wasn't scoring. I mean, the amount of posts he hit, he probably should have had at least four more goals. So, I mean, I, I can see him jumping up very easily. Yep. Hey guys, it's Ryan here. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet 5 bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets. And DraftKings isn't stopping there either. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. Just one example here is Thursday Night Football on the 12th. The Broncos are at the Chiefs, and the Chiefs right now, their money line is at minus 520, and the Broncos are at a plus 390. Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code THPN. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please pay responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, Licensee partner, Golden Nugget, Lake Charles. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. 
See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gambling resources. And then the one other negative slash question mark I have for the offense, Wyatt Johnston. I mean, sophomore season, infamous sophomore slump. Do we see that happening for him? No. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of my basis beforehand might have been off of just the way he played last season, how he sustained it through the whole season and then scored like three goals in the last two weeks of the season as well. But, but also now he's got two veterans on his line with him who've seen a lot for the entire (laughs) year, not just the end. Yeah. It's he should, even if he's struggling, he's going to have those two people on his line. I mean, they're going to try to get him to score if he's having a drought. And I, I, expect that they could very easily get a goal for him and that that could just be what he needs just to spark him back up again i'm gonna agree with you james the thing i'm gonna go to is the coaches on the stars say this kid is weird like this is not <laughs> a normal progression for a young player like him so as a rookie he does not act like an 18 year old he does not think like an 18 year old he plays like a veteran is what they all say and i, I think that's going to continue for him as well i mean he he doesn't play like a sophomore NHLer, so I don't see a reason to expect that that'll happen to him. Well, we talked about it all year last year. It's like, okay, eventually he's going to slow down, right? Okay, it's eventually he's good. and and it, it's it wasn't just the offense that got better; it was fairly consistent. It, it it was a little hot and cold, but it was fairly consistent. But his responsibility on the team also grew. Like he was not playing penalty kill at the beginning of the year, and you saw towards the end of the year, even in the playoffs, he was playing penalty kill. With Jamie Ben, so I, I mean, the only thing and Ardell brings it up because uh, right here is Johnson hurt. He is hurt. He's nursing something. We, it's something minor. It's not something that's going to keep him out of the opening night roster. But maybe he starts a little slower than than we kind of expect him to, and then as that starts to heal a little bit, maybe he starts to ramp it up a little bit. That's what I can see happening. And you can say the same thing for Ope Hens, and we'll dig into that a little bit more on Wednesday yep. night on your regularly scheduled StarCast remarks. On to the defense. This is the side that we are much more worried about than the offense. And honestly, when I went back to look at the stats for the defense, I was kind of shocked that we were so concerned about it. Third in the league in goals against. Third in penalty kill percentage. I mean, we were one of the best defensive teams in the league last year, and it didn't really feel it felt like we were outscoring everybody, but it's just because we were winning four to one, six to two, stuff like that. Yeah. And no goals and for the other team and lots of goals for us. Yeah. And I, I totally credit that to our sinners a lot too. I mean, you, you can, you can play Miro so much, but I mean, someone's got to be back for, especially the young defenseman that we had last year. I mean, Nils was, it was basically his first year trying to go a full season. And there were lots of times where people had to come back for him. I mean, that, that was one of the reasons why he wasn't on the lineup by the end of the season. Yep. Definitely team defense is what the stars play. They're not leaving their blue liners back to dry. And you have an amazing goaltender behind you. That is definitely part of it. Well, and one of the things that's kind of been the hockey jargon of the last couple of years is positionless hockey. I don't know if you've seen that term being thrown around a little bit more often, but it's true. It really is true. You're you're seeing forwards come back more to help out the defense when defense when defense pushes into the zone. I mean, you see, like we saw, Nils Lundqvist was you know on the rush a lot of the time. Miro does it. I mean, we even saw at times it was weird. Esselindel do it as well. So it's like it, it that that's a thing, and that's kind of the way the game is going, and that's kind of what why a lot of people look at the Colorado Avalanche and say they have one of the best decors in the league and why they run three defensemen on one of their power play units is because those guys are so interchangeable and they can play positionless hockey. So the, I think that's something that we need to see the, the defense kind of do as, as a team, not just the defensemen, but everybody across the team. We just need to see them do that a little bit more, more positionless hockey. Yep. And digging into those defensive pairings off from the team defense, we do have, this is going to be my ideal lineup. Um, I'm going to d- agree with David, who was on our show earlier. We're going to go Ryan Suter, Miro Haskin, and top pair. Don't boo me for the Suter thing. Thomas Harley, Yanni Hockenpah on the second pair, and then Essel and Dell Nils Lundqvist on the third pair. And this is kind of what we've been seeing throughout training camp and preseason, and I think this is ideal for coaches as well. On paper, this is what we want. Um, your two big question marks, though, there 
are, can Thomas Harley do what he did at the end of the season in the playoffs? And the bigger question mark is, can Nils Lundqvist take a step forward and prove that he is an everyday NHLer? And really that comes down to what he did in the off season for me. I mean, he had an extended off season compared to other players too. You, you, you got to expect he was doing, doing something to get on the team there because he, he came back and he's, he's got a spot with Lindell right now. Yep. Absolutely. I, I think both of those players are going to take a step forward. Um, Harley is going to be relied upon a lot this season and he's, he's really going to need to take an even bigger step than any of the forwards that we talked about with, Sagan, Ben, Marchment, uh, Duchesne, any of those guys. He's the one, he's, he's, again, like I said a long time ago, two players who are needing to be like keys for the team to be really successful is Thomas Harley and Scott Wedgwood. So both of those guys, but especially Harley. Especially Harley. It, it looks like Harley's going to be asked to take Colin Miller's minutes, 16 minutes a night. That is a lot for, I mean, he's going to be considered a rookie this I mean, year. It's he, still going to be his he, rookie year. And he, he did it he, during the playoffs. Yeah, he was he getting did. 18. He got 18 minutes in the last couple of games. And mm-hmm. that's that's one thing that I was about to point out. I mean, we're going to see hopefully more spread out minutes in the defense this year. I mean, there we have Thomas Harley, who should be able to play at least 16, 17 minutes. And we, we could see him play even more than that. And he's playing with Hawk and Paw, who would normally average 18 minutes as well. And then... Then, then you're talking about Lindell and Lundquist being your bottom pair, which I think those might swap. Even I mean, you're you're probably seeing both those, both the second pairing and the third pairing getting about the same amount of minutes. Yeah, and and the key here for Harley needing to be good is us needing to keep Hockenpah and Lindell from being on a pair as well. Yeah. Those guys are so good defensively, but uh, David Castillo has a great article talking about how they were terrible in their own zone, couldn't get out. Uh, and that probably led to some of the stars low uh, possession minutes that they had actually, which is yeah. surprising for a team that had such great offense, but getting out of your own zone with the pairings that I said, Miro Haskin and Thomas Harley, Nils Lundqvist, three puck movers on every one on each pair. I mean, that is exactly what you want to get out of your own zone. Um, a little bit more Miro Haskin and he has been mouthing off this off season talking about how he wants to be, the best player in the NHL. He's talking about winning the Norris Trophy. He's not being shy about it. I mean, he's the best player on the team. I think everyone generally agrees with that. What do y'all think of Miro Haskin? And does he take even another step this season? If he's talking this much, you better. <laughs> <laughs> he, he's pulling a straight T.O. out here saying he's going to be the best player out there, which I love to see. And he's calling himself out. I mean, that's all. That, that's not something we've seen from Haskinen so far. Yeah. He's a pretty quiet, reserved guy, and he's hasn't been. And, this, there's and, two separate interviews that I've seen of him talking about wanting to be the best. Yeah, and, and he he's he totally he totally has the talent for it too. I mean, we we've seen it for years now, and and we still think that it may be that he's playing on his offside. He obviously doesn't think that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he just thinks that he just has more there, and he's just not getting it out. Yeah, he's had that question asked him as well, and he he doesn't care. That that was pretty much his answer. He's like, it doesn't matter what side I'm on. He, he, I'm going to play well either way. Um, the place where I think Haskinen needs to progress to actually win the Norris Trophy, if he wants to win the Norris Trophy, is the five-on-five point production. Goals. He, he needs to find just a way to – what was that? Goals just in general, too. I mean, he had less goals, goals than uh, – who was it? Who had more goals than him last year on the defense? Colin Miller. <laughs> really? I think so. I have to look that up. Look it up. I don't know. He did not have a lot of goals. He did not. Yeah. Um, but I, I think five on five is even more important than the power play. The power play, we have guys that are just killers on goal scoring. So I, I don't really blame that as much. He shouldn't really be shooting from the point on the power play that often. But if he gets on the point and he dances across the blue line the way he can with his backwards skating, shoot the puck, man. I mean, there's no reason not to. We've seen his shot. It's fantastic. He needs to use it more. The only problem is he's got Joe Pavelski who tips all of his pucks in and takes his goals away. <laughs> takes from all him. of his goals away. Handicap. <laughs> <laughs> that may be true, yeah. But he, he, that's where he needs to progress if he wants to win the Norris. That's the only place he can progress, if we're being honest. I mean, his point production on the power play, top tier. Penalty kill, top tier. His overall defensive play, he's the only guy who can shut down McDavid. McDavid has never had a great game against us. I think we're probably the only team wow. that can say that. 
I, w- well, I wouldn't say that, but most of yeah. us, yes. Very few. <laughs> he has had but, not as good games against yeah, the not Stars. Not as good games. There you go. But <laughs> watching him on guys like McDavid, McKinnon, it's he, he shuts him down. He's like a wet blanket on a fire. It, it's really incredible. The only place he can progress is that five-on-five five scoring. Was I right, Ryan? Did you look it up? Yes, he is. Uh, so you were not right. Not, oh. Mira actually, he had 11 goals. And uh, here's a question for you. Who was second? On defense? Mm-hmm. It was Suter, wasn't it? Nope. Hockey ball. Nope. Uh, who was it? It was Asa Lindell. Ah. Eight. He did eight. crash in a lot last year <laughs> for him. Sometimes he, he yeah. just, just blazing straight through the, <laughs> the zone. And everyone's like, wait, who is that? Is that... Wait, is, is, is that Mira Heskinen? No, oh, no, that's the wrong number. <laughs> All right, well. All right, last and most important position, goaltending. Jake Ottinger, obviously fantastic regular season, not as great postseason. Um, his regular season stats, 37 wins, 11 losses, 11 overtime losses. Uh, his save percentage, he was number four in the league with 919. Goals against average was number seven. That's amongst guys with at least 20 games played at 2.37. And like I said, in the playoffs, his save percentage dropped from 919 to 895, 20 point drop there. And his goals against average went from 2.37 to 3.06. So pretty big jump from there. Um, we, we talked a lot about it was way overworked in the regular season um, and probably injured in the playoffs as well. So t- talk a little bit about Otter. What are y'all expecting from him? What do you think we see? I think he's going to hit, hit the uh, the 40 games win plateau this season. I, I, I think he does that, and uh, the Stars are golden if we can get that. I would like to see him play a little bit less games, but the, the more I've thought about it, he hasn't said that he wants to play less games, and it doesn't seem like, based off of what Pete DeBoer has said, that he plans on playing him any less. So maybe... Maybe he just needs to have the the right rest at the right time, if that that's, makes any sense. That's what he's talked about during the offseason, too, though. He talked about he's he's learning how to recover faster. I mean, that that's part of his whole deal. And also, it, it, if I want to throw out a prediction out there, I think he his save percentage probably gets even better. I mean, it's gotten better the past two years he's been in the league. I expect him to hit 920 this year. <laughs> And his recovery, I think, is going to be a big thing for him. You got to remember, he's still learning how to be a full-time goaltender in the NHL. Last season was his second year of doing it, and he played more than almost any other goalie. So he's trying; to, he's doing the most, and he's probably one of the least experienced yeah, at doing it. So I think he was third in time on ice among goalies. Yeah, that, that's that's incredible. And he's he's we're, we're expecting him to play more. We want him to play more, or we, we're expecting him to play less. Sorry, <laughs> we want him to play less. And let's get into the guy who should be starting over over him at least a couple of games. Uh, Scott Wedgwood, last season, 19 wins, 9 losses, 8 overtime losses. That is incredible that, how many overtime losses we have, but we're not going to talk about that. Save percentage, 915. <laughs> Very good when he was in the game. Goals against average, 2.72. So, so maybe got a, Yes, maybe got a little bit more protection from our defense, but that's good. I mean, you're supposed to do that when you got your backup goaltender and you're supposed to acknowledge that and play better in front of him. And the stars definitely did that. Um, injuries. I mean, he's been injured two previous seasons. We really need him to be healthy, especially down the stretch when we're getting closer to the playoffs to give Otter some rest. What are y'all expecting from Wedgie? Ryan, you talk about how he's one of the keys to this team. Well, he's a key to this team because of the fact that Otter needs to be more ready for the postseason. I mean, I'll be totally honest with you. I really, I know we should end up first in the central division, but I really don't care. I mean, as long as we're top three, I mean, you look at the teams that have won the Stanley Cup in the last couple of years, they haven't necessarily been the best team in the conference. They might, I mean, like Colorado was the best. And so, and uh, I think Vegas was the best in the Pacific, but that's in the division. Yeah, they were best in their division. So, but. I mean, Tampa Bay didn't really care. They were third, and they won two straight cups back-to-back with getting the third seed in their division. So the the main thing I'm, I'm looking for is they is postseason success. I mean, I mean we're, we're at the Toronto Maple Leafs level for us. Like, the regular great. We're a great regular season team. We need to see them, you know, c- 
compete the ultimate goal, which is win the Stanley Cup. That's what Stars fans should be looking at. Yep, agreed. And I think Wedgie does play a key role in that in playing those games, keeping on her fresh, like you said. And um, I think I think he could play the same amount of games too and get the exact same record he did, and that would be perfect. It's just got to be games at better times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Instead when of Otter like in streaks, he, he played most of his games all in a row. Yes, very true. And, and a lot of those games, so it looks like normal backup numbers. A lot of those were when Otter was injured, which he was actually injured, I think the se- second month of the season, actually, for like two weeks, two or three weeks. So that, that kind of bumped his numbers up there to make it look normal. But he's definitely was out for the full second half, which was crazy. So definitely need a healthy goalie there. And the problem is we don't have a third. I mean, you look at Remy Purier. I mean, he's not right. Yikes. He's not an <laughs> NHL goalie right now. I mean, he's definitely still being developed. So we, we need to have Wedgie healthy if we want to have a good regular season. But I, overall, I agree with your sentiment there, Ryan, is like this team is going to make the playoffs. And that kind of gives me a weird vibe going into the season. It's like, yeah, these games matter. And I really care that they do well. But as long as they get in, <laughs> I mean, this is a team built for the playoffs, and we talked about that a lot. So they just need to get in, is what I feel like. They're getting into predictions here. They just need to get in. That's all I want for the regular season. What are y'all's thoughts? I just I, I don't know. I don't know. It's like I, I want them, of course I want them to win the division. Like that, like that would be cool. We haven't seen them win the division in a very long time. There's a lot of hype around them. Uh, Colorado appears to be taking a step back after losing a bunch of depth. I mean, that's my prediction for them is to win the division. I, I, I don't necessarily care. I don't. If they get first, second, or third, I, that, that would be fine. But that's my prediction for them is they get first in the Central because there's no other team other than Colorado that should be beating them. So at least top two. I don't even know that Colorado should be beating them this year. It really depends. It, it, I feel like Colorado has so many question marks over there. I mean, they could all get answered, and they're probably first in the division again. But that—that's like that's—that's that, the Stars last year. I mean, we should have gambling won. at we, that. We should have won. We should have won the division we last year. Should have won the division. Yeah. It, it, because yeah. because of our what was it like? 19. 14 overtime losses that we you, you, you take two of those two of those and you win two of those 14 games you, and the stars are first one. in the central division we only had to win one we, we had to tie oh yeah you're right we yeah, had more right. regulation wins <laughs> so that, that, that's just what it is so yeah. i don't know i, I expect my prediction for this team is that they win the division this team on paper is better than the colorado avalanche by a pretty safe margin honestly colorado is still number two but the Stars should be a better team. The only team that I think stack up, stacks up to them in the Western Conference is the Vegas Golden Knights, which showed in the playoffs last year. I mean, if, if this team is playing well and they have a good season and they're not too hurt, which really could happen, they should win the division safely. But like, like I said, I kind of agree with you, Ryan, where I don't really care. They should get If they're in, they have a great chance at winning the Cup just because the way their team is built. The, the I, I think there's some other teams that are up there. I think like the Oilers, just because of McDavid and Dreisaitl, they can drag that team kicking yeah. and screaming in, into the Stanley Cup final. Uh, I mean... But the, as far as a full team that has been built, which t- full team, not just looking at one great guy, because that's really what pulls Colorado up as well. The full roster with the depth and everything, what team is better than the Stars and the Knights in the West? I think I think without a doubt the stars are the deepest in the West, even more than the Golden Knights. I think that's not even a question. The Golden Knights had a crazy goaltender come out of nowhere, and that's how they won. I mean that that mm-hmm. happens. That happens a lot. It's it's happened many times before. It's going to keep happening. But I mean, when you're talking about who is the deepest right now and who is probably going to be the most consistent, it, it should without a doubt be the Dallas Stars in the West. All right. And then moving on beyond regular season, we're, we're going all the way. Who's going to win the Stanley Cup this year? Where are the Stars finishing? I'm going with my answer that I always go with now. The Dallas Stars are winning the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Because it's not fun otherwise. We have to be Homer here, right? Oh, I, I have to so. be Homer yeah. here. If yeah, you're so not going to be Homer this year, they're, then. They're the most favorites be that they've been in a really long time. You better be a Homer. <laughs> like, we, I have not. 
I I go question back a lot. Gone. A lot of them are gone. Yes, yeah, the, the, there's still the question. Compared to last year, there's very few questions. Yes, marks. yes, there, there's still some question on defense, and I think that's like that's where Colorado is a little bit better than us is on the defensive side. But we've got a way better offensive core. We've got better goaltending. So, I, I mean, why can't the Stars go all the way? Yeah. I mean, the expectation for this team obviously has to be Stanley Cup with where they finished last year. I mean, if you really think about it, they were they were the true number two team in the league last year after what the Knights did to the, the Panthers. It, there's nowhere else to go but to win the Cup for this team. They're fully built for it. They're all in. They've made some incredible trades for players. Players are l- losing money to try and win a Cup. I mean, you look at Joe Pavelski's contract. He... he throws away money to stay on this team and for this team to get better players. I mean, Joe Pavelski taking a pay cut gets Matt Duchesne. Yep. We don't get Matt Duchesne unless Pavelski signs the contract that he did this offseason. All these what? players win a cup. Everybody in the NHL, if they don't want their team to win the cup, they want Joe Pavelski to win the cup. I mean, <laughs> the, stars the are bandwagon team. <laughs> we are the bandwagon team. We're a favorite. Yeah. Yeah, but not, not Jamie Benn, though. No, nobody no. wants Jamie Benn to win. No, the nobody, but they want Joe Pavelski real, to win. Only we <laughs> want Jamie Benn to win. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, y'all tuned into a podcast called Starcastic Remarks. You should expect us to pick the Stars to win the Stanley Cup. All three, stamp of approval. Dallas Stars are winning the Stanley Cup. That's our prediction. Any thoughts on the season, guys, before we wrap this thing up? I hate the Wild. <laughs> I hate the Predators. Nah, I don't hate the Predators as much because they're not no, going to be as good this year. No, the 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 Peacats are going to be seven to zero every single time we see them. <laughs> Finish them. I, I I cannot stand Wild fans right now. I cannot stand the team. They're a bunch of like buttheads that that, and, and Bill Guerin is sitting there just extending all those buttheads away, and they're going to be a terrible team. I think that's all right, guys. Thanks for tuning in tonight. Let us know what you thought of this (laughs) kind of weird format. Me doing it. I don't know how it went, but y'all, y'all tell us. Um, we will be back Wednesday night for your regularly scheduled Starcastic remarks. Going to dig in a little bit more to the game, digging a little bit more to the injuries that we have seen recently, um, and jabber on a little bit more. Um, thanks to our sponsors of this podcast, DraftKings. Use that promo code THPN anytime you're over there for some free pick for some free goodies um, and pick the stars to win the Stanley cup guaranteed. That's that is financial advice, by the way. Yep, so use that absolutely. as financial advice. Without a doubt. Bet on the stars to win the Stanley cup. <laughs> Whole life savings. Uh, oh, okay. Look at our name and realize that that was very sarcastic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't sue us. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, I think that's it. All right, I'm wrapping it up. All right, thank you guys for tuning in. For James and Ryan, I'm Chris. Y'all have a great evening. Go Stars.